Howdy friends and welcome to Inside Johnny's Mind, the show where two dirty combo players strive to be a terrible influence on the casual commander community. I'm your host, Akia. And I'm Cam. And just a warning, we do swear on this show. So if you're listening with children who somehow haven't heard the F word, well, that's great. They should be exposed to the real world. What's our topic today, Akia? So today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, Normally we pick a topic and we, you know, pontificate on it for an hour, hour and a half or so. Um, But this week, uh, this month rather, uh, we, as good you know, entrenched commander players are regular subscribers to the Command Zone. And the Command Zone recently uh, released their uh, yearly Commander Summit episode. Yeah, Uh, super, super interesting stuff. Um, So we thought that maybe we could just go through, take some of the questions that were asked, and give our own little spin and answers to them, you know, ourselves. Exactly. But first... Yes. The best part. The best part. Card of the month. And uh, like usual, we try and, you know, kind of theme card of the month to what the episode's about. Yes, yes, hold on. (laughs) Nice try. Okay. (laughs) I had to try. Even, even with your little... I had to try. ...little thing at the end of the last episode encouraging people to vote. I know. Mizix's mastery wins by a landslide. The people have spoken... Yeah. It is the better card. No, it's not. No, it's not. People probably think that I'm just cheesing it by just picking objectively overpowered cards every month. Ah. Well, no, because I picked Kaya that one time. But we were picking bad cards. That's true. We were specifically picking bad cards. But yeah, other than that, it was like Rhythm of the Wild and Dreamscape Artist and shit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you won. Yes. Good job. But to theme this month, as you were trying to bypass the actual winner and say, um, we are choosing cards on the banned list we would like to see unbanned. Yeah. Um, Now, I also want to say, we don't necessarily think that these cards are totally balanced and fair. I do. Uh, Not yours. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yours, (laughs) Yours is, I think, is okay. Um, I fully understand why the card that I picked is banned. <laughs> totally understand. However, I really, 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 really wish they would unban Fast Bond. Come on, man. Fast Bond is so fucking cool. And I just, it only enables a few infinite combos. <laughs> and, and it costs two mana. Whoever has two mana. Ah. In a uh, lands deck. Right. Like, it's hard. It, it, mm. Two's a lot. More than one. Double. Uh-huh. <laughs> Double, in fact. Infinitely more than zero. Uh-huh. Um, depending on the metrics. So, <laughs> yeah. My card's Fast Bond. Card of the month's Fast Bond. My card is a card that is near and dear to my heart and a strategy that launched this podcast. Yeah. It's the big, bad, mass land destruction spell. Yeah. World fire. Because what could be wrong with exiling all permanents and setting everyone's life total to one? Yeah. It's symmetrical. It's totally symmetrical and fair. Um, now, that one I actually do believe is balanced. I mean, the card's fucking insanely powerful. Um, but it's extremely expensive. It's, like, crazy expensive. And, like, I don't know. It seems fine. Um, 
You want it for Jaya. Of course I want it for Jaya. Um, yeah, it's nine freaking mana. Yeah. Six red, red, red. Yeah. Um. So it's... I don't know. I think the card is capable of being unbanned. I think there's a lot of cards on the banned list that are capable of being unbanned, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Um. But yeah. Uh, so Worldfire versus Fast Bond. Which card's better? Definitely Worldfire. Uh, Fast Bond is objectively a better card. <laughs> it's literally just a better card. Okay, okay, okay. Here's another metric. For this month only. Mm-hmm. Which card do you think is more likely to be unbanned? Oh, okay. The... Well, I guess now you're just cheating. <laughs> now you're just cheating to get more votes. Sure. Yeah. The busted card uh-huh. that has been banned and restricted in uh-huh. every format. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. the one that Josh Lee Kwai himself has uh-huh. said should be unbanned. Man, name dropping <laughs> and everything to get the fucking votes. Okay. I see how it is. <sighs> this is bullshit. <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, yes, you were the one who took the notes. Yes, and I have terrible handwriting, so I'm going to be reading them. <laughs> um, so I got the list of uh, the questions that were asked for the Commander Summit, um, and I'm, we're going to go one by one, read them off, and then discuss them. So the first one that we're going to talk about is, how has your game changed or advanced in the past year? Whew. Yeah, this one was hard for me because I've played Magic for about a year. <laughs> um, so it's changed advanced completely. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, uh, a year and a half at this point, I guess. Um, but for six months of me playing Magic don't really count because I wasn't really, really playing Magic. True. Um, but yeah, um, you're going to have a, a lot more in-depth answer to this than I am, I think. Um so yeah, how did we'll start with you? How do you think your game has changed or advanced over the last year? Well, it was only a little over a year ago that I refused to play with Commander product cards. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so that's been a pretty significant change. Um, and with my expansion into the Commander product, um, has come a more increased interest in competitive EDH. Yeah, you definitely... Those products are generally going to up the power level of a deck. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about precon specifically being a powerful deck. No. But the things that are printed in a precon, some yeah. of them can be... Whew. And we've talked about this before, how, you know, uh, Tibber and Lumia was my original mm. commander, and the fact... That they are objectively worse at a Spellslinger deck than Mizzix. Right. Made it... Like, it, it made it untenable for me to continue playing with my favorite commander. It's hard to compete with that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's like we say, playing up at the shop. Animar is a fair and balanced magic card. No, it's not. No, it's not. That was sarcasm, if you couldn't <laughs> catch that. Um, Animar has about two lines of text too much to be fair and balanced. But he was originally printed in a commander precon, so at, at a certain point, it's just you can't compete with him. Yep. You know. So how has my game changed in, or advanced in the last year? Uh, well, it has developed. <laughs> um, True. It has sprung into being, and I think over the last year, I've definitely um, kind of been able to understand commander as a format a mm-hmm. lot more. Uh, whereas before it would be like, I would go up to the shop and play, you know, little decks with like my friends that also weren't super, super into it, but we're getting into it. 
and commander always looked like a, a unapproachable format to me <laughs> yeah because it's like you know tens of thousands of cards uh from all, basically every card ever printed is legal basically and again we'll get to that again later. we'll get to that later <laughs> And it's also like so many commander decks have, you know, from the outside looking in and also from the inside looking at it, they're very expensive. That's true. And you don't have to build expensive decks, right? You can build a $25 commander deck. Their commander's quarters on YouTube, for example, that's the whole thing he does. And a lot of the decks he builds are sick. Mm -hmm. But if you look at a normal commander deck, it's probably like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. And then it just goes up from there, right? Now I don't really have a deck that drops below four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, and you're above me. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you know, a lot of the friends that we play with are very similar in that regard. That's very true, and that's without even getting into that competitive aspect of it. Yeah, just building my mono white competitive deck ran me fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's my perception of it has definitely changed a lot. A lot of things look a lot more attainable to me. Whenever I first started playing Magic, it seemed crazy to me to spend $10 on a card. And now it's like, what? Why don't you have that? It's $10. <laughs> so that probably just shows that it is an addiction. <laughs> Realistic. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Cardboard crack. Yeah. They don't call it that for nothing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how I'm going to say it has changed or advanced. I guess my actual gameplay aside from me becoming more competitive mm -hmm. is i've really kind of grown and flourished as a johnny mm -hmm. you you know creating this podcast with you right. has really helped with that but like really getting into the nitty-gritty of cool combos and coming up with my own combos and coming up with my own deck ideas my ability as a deck builder has really flourished i can put together a workable passable deck in about half an hour to two hours now yeah where you know used to it would take me you know few four or five six hours yeah I, it would take to, a day yeah it, it would take a know? day to come up with a deck and and that would be a an unpassable first draft that was missing key right. pieces yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that and now i can my first drafts are entirely playable they can be tuned yeah. But but they work and they do what they're supposed to yeah. and they're not bad. It's not like you forgot, oh shit, I have to put mana rocks in my deck. Exactly. <laughs> you know? my, the way that I play the game over the last year has changed in so far that I play the game. Um, but also that I try to be as sharp of a player as I can. I try mm -hmm. to make sure I know all the rules and how everything interacts with everything else and uh, how the stack works and priority passes and um, that kind of stuff. I haven't gotten insofar as studying layers <laughs> yeah. oh layers because uh, those are dumb as shit but that was um, actually really important for my tibber and lumia deck really mm -hmm. i'm sorry for you <laughs> um i mean the layers really aren't even that bad until mm. you get to layer seven um but yeah it's uh, i have tried to be as sharp and as strong of a player as i can be even if i'm not playing with the most competitive decks possible yeah um, so next question, who is your favorite commander right now? And this doesn't, this isn't necessarily a commander that you play. It's just any, any commander that really speaks to you. That's a tough one. I can tell you mine. Go ahead. So you have time to think. Sure. My commander, favorite commander is the same as it was a year ago. It's Muldrotha. I think Muldrotha is insane. Um, the 
colors are my favorite colors in the game. You get green, blue, and black. Uh, those are also the most powerful colors in the game, um, especially when paired together. Yeah. Moldrotha herself is just a ridiculous value engine that helps you just grind games out and just destroy your opponents in ridiculous amounts of value over the course of four, five, six turns. It's just, you can do so much stuff with Moldrotha. You can take her in literally any direction that you want. You want to play a Aristocrat-style deck? You can do it. You want to play yeah. Stack-style deck? You can do it. You want to play Hard Control? You can do it. Yeah. Fucking, you want to play Combo? You can do it. Like, you can do anything that you want. And a lot, a big part of that is the colors that she is, Sultai, um, because green can do everything. And then blue and black help you do the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can just do whatever you want. And I think she's just so, so, so cool. I love graveyard strategies. What do you think? You came up with one yet? So, there's a couple different ways for me to interpret this question. The commander that best represents me as a player as oh interesting has been for a ever since i actually this year um is <laughs> mizix ever yeah. since i started playing with commander products right mizix is the best representation of me as a player right uh it is my favorite deck it is my deck that i put the most time into the most work into it's the one i'm constantly fine-tuning um you've been thinking about foiling that one out yeah making it pretty that's how you know decks fucking yeah got to you is when you start doing that. Then after that, and again, this doesn't have to be a commander that you play and that you have. It could be, but I have all the ones that I like. That's fair, yeah. God, this is tough. So I could pick the ones I have the most fun playing, which are either Joyra of the Gitu or Grenzo or Grenzo. Or I can have my longest standing deck, which is Jaya. Right. So it, it's a tough question for me. Gun, That's fair, yeah. Gun to my head right now, probably Joyra of the Gitu. Yeah, you play that a lot. Um, it's one of the most common decks I see you play. Um, and it's a really cool deck. Yeah. So totally, totally fair. And uh, for those who don't play with me, um, my <laughs> my Joyra of the Gitu is not Land Destruction Eldrazi because I already have a deck that does that. Yep. My Joyra of the Gitu deck is a Storm deck. Yep. And uh, it's pretty good. It's actually a pretty powerful deck. Probably like a 7, 5, 8, something Probably like that. Probably somewhere around there, yeah. Turns out uh, Omniscience and Enter the Infinite is pretty good. Um, tends to be. Tends to be, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really strong deck. You play it a lot. And it's my my favorite color combination, and yeah, definitely the strongest color combination in the game. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, is it's fine? It's a good color combination. The best. No. I have it on my license plate. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> but the best is probably like blue-black? No. It's or black-green? Definitely is it. You will never probably, change me on this. Probably black-green. No. It's Simic. Oh, yeah, it's Simic. It's, it's got to be Simic. That's right. I overvalue black. Yeah. I mean, black's fucking good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I guess I overvalue black. So those are our favorite commanders. Next question. Let's see. Who is the most powerful commander right now? One, two, three, Urza? Yeah, Urza. 100% Urza. Urza's broken. <laughs> Urza's insanely powerful. Um, I don't think it's close. No. <laughs> 
Um, it's not close. Yeah. After that, probably partners. Yeah, any, anybody with like the partner mechanic is going to be powerful. So um, either Tim Thras or Temtana, and both of those have Temna in common. So true, Temna. True. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. If we're not talking about partners and we can't say Urza, who do you think it is? This that's that's the hard question. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a tough one. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, Honestly, maybe with the uh, with the introduction of the London Mulligan rule, mm-hmm. I think it's Grenzo Dungeon Warden. That's interesting. I wouldn't have said that. I would have been looking at the fact that Paradox Engine was banned. Again, Grenzo. So, yeah, <laughs> do you think Grenzo Dungeon Warden is more powerful than Kess? I mean. <sighs> He's the only one that cares about the bottom of your deck. Yeah. And the fact that you can get him out turn two and have something to activate on the bottom of your deck. Yeah. You can start combos. Yeah, like, you could probably do some stupid shit with that, honestly. Yeah, and like the freaking workhorse combos and yeah. it, it... I haven't seen that deck. I have my. Uh, I haven't seen the deck now that the London Mulligan exists. That's true. I I saw it back in uh, in my old play group, right. and it was without the London Mulligan. Uh, gross. Yeah, I've I've seen the deck play before the London Mulligan, um, and it definitely seems very powerful. With the London Mulligan, it's probably a lot better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I could see that. That's fair. Freaking. But yeah. Mulligan till you find workhorse yeah. and put it on the just bottom. Stick it on yeah. the bottom. Yeah, he's he's probably that. He's probably up there. Um, again, I think Cass is also insanely powerful. Um, just the decks that you could like uh, consultation Cass and that kind of stuff. That's true. It's just insane. Yeah, there's so many powerful commanders. You can do gross shit with Animar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is hmm. if we're not talking about partners in Urza, would Edgar be up there? Because Edgar's powerful enough to be banned in 1v1. <laughs> That's because it's 1v1. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just, it, but I'm just saying, man. <laughs> he's powerful when you're playing with people who are not entrenched in Commander. Fair. That's fair. As soon as you sit down with a couple of players who've been playing for a little while, have seen Edgar Dex and act. They don't let you do shit. They don't let you do shit. They yeah. kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't kill Edgar, he's going to kill you. Yeah. 100%. Um, also, Precon Sahili is super powerful. That's true. I don't know why I don't see more decks with her. Precon Sahili. I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of people just like playing casual. and Probably. Her as a casual commander is not that great. Yeah. Her as a tuned commander... She's nuts. ...is absolutely She's nuts. so insane. Like, holy Christ. And uh, along the same line, something could be said for Joyra Weatherlight Captain and Eggs. True, yeah. That Joyra is also very powerful. So yeah, most powerful commander by far is Urza. Yeah. Um, Urza is the reason Paradox Engine got banned, I would assume. I don't think they actually said that, but that's, yeah, like, that's probably why. (laughs) I would guess so. Yeah. And also... It's fair. People have been calling for Paradox Engine for a long time. but Yeah. Um, all right. So, next question. What are your thoughts, our thoughts, on the Commander products from last year? So, Eminatu, Windgrace, 
Um, uh, oh my god, what's her name? The Estrid. Estrid. I can never remember <laughs> Estrid, dude. I can never remember Estrid. So, Eminati, Windgrace, Estrid, and... Sahili. Sahili. Um. Hmm. So... You weren't here for the previous years. I was not. Uh, the previous years had Edgar. Yeah. Which busted. All the Eminence people. Yeah. And then before that it was Animar? No. Before that was Partners and Four Color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first, the first one was Animar. Animar, Kalia, yes. and uh, yeah, but it was Rik- Riku was at the head of that deck, not Animar. Well, that was a bad decision. <laughs> so, I haven't seen the precon, but that was a poor decision. Um, um okay, so twofold. Uh, after seeing uh, Edgar and Inala released the year before, the other two less so. I mean, there are some powerful, powerful Ur Dragon lists, but yeah, and the other one was uh, Arabo, right? Yeah, Arabo, uh, and Arabo is just a meme at this point. Yeah, Arabo is a meme. Uh, Ur Dragon is very Timmy. Everyone loves Edgar, but if you have seen powerful Inala decks, yeah, and we've talked about that before. Yeah, Inala is a combo engine on her own. Yeah, and, and you don't even have to cast her. Yeah. <laughs> The the Wonder Wine Prophets combo is gross. The um, uh, fairy that taps all your opponent's lands. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I don't remember either. Um, but you can you can freaking lock down your opponent's yeah. entire mana. Yeah, they just can't do anything. The previous uh, generations of the Commander products definitely seem to be more powerful. Yes. Um, and. And they were at a lower price point, and they had better reprints. Yeah. So a lot of people think that the previous uh, year's Commander products was kind of a flop. I'm inclined to agree with that, despite not seeing the ones before them. Yeah. Um, that being said... There are some good cards in them. There are some good fucking cards. We just talked about Sahili. <laughs> Sahili. Aminatu Aminatu is, is a busted Blink Commander. Yuriko is a busted yeah. CEDH Yuriko Commander. Yuriko is crazy. There are some really good cards in those decks. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. We didn't get any crazy reprints or anything like that, which feels bad. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are definitely cards that need to be fucking reprinted, and a commander set would be a great place to put them. Yeah. Um, Ristic Study, yeah, Wizards. Fucking reprint Ristic Study. Ristic. It's a $25 common. It's stupid. A $25 common that, like, doesn't even see play. Anywhere but Commander. Anything but Commander. I built a popper deck around it. <laughs> but. You did. And it's pretty good. But, yeah. It's just, like, we got some good cards, but with a higher price point and that kind of stuff, I, I feel like a lot of people were expecting a lot more. I don't, I don't share the same disappointment and that kind of stuff as a lot of other people do. But again, that's because I don't have the context of the previous years to compare it to. Yeah. Um, obviously I can, so I, I kind of have a weird uh, viewpoint of it because I came in and saw these and then I look back at previous ones and go, wow, that's overpowered. Why did they print that? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. As opposed to, hey, what is this trash well, that you just gave us? <laughs> on, honestly, honestly, that's why I refused to play with Commander products for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I came from 
before Commander Products. And my first introduction to Commander Products were Animar. Animar and Kalia. Kalia. I don't know. Mimeoplasm. Okay. Like. Yeah. So busted. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious to see the Commander Products coming out this year. I am too. I'm really, really really curious. At this point, nothing really has been spoiled about them. We know their themes. Yeah, we know their themes. And Um, I'm pretty excited about Morph because I love the Morph mechanic. Yeah, so uh, there's uh, Morph, Madness, Flashback, and... Oh, I don't remember. Oh, God, what was the other one? And something else. Oh, man, that's going to bug the shit out of me. (laughs) Morph, Madness, Flashback. Oh, well. Um, Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) I'm really interested to see how they how they compare. I'm hoping that Morph is Teamer because I've been wanting a Teamer deck that I would actually enjoy playing. Play Animorphs. No. But it's Teamer. And it's Morphs. But I'm not interested in Animar <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah, I really hope the Morph thing is not Teamer because Animar just shits on that deck every day of the week. So I don't. I would rather them at least do a different color combination. Otherwise, why would I ever use that? When because I could you could have a, a teamer commander that turns morphs face up. I mean, okay, it just goes in animorphs. No, not necessarily. I mean, kinda. It okay. This is entirely hypothetical. <laughs> Yeah, in case anybody thinks we of all people get fucking <laughs> spoilers from from wizards about this shit. <laughs> but hypothetically, we get a teamer morph commander that can unmorph creatures or turn okay. creatures face up. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it could go in animorphs, but at the head of the deck, you would be building a very different deck. That's true. Animar uses morphs as a combo a, engine. A combo engine to power out Eldrazi. Yeah, I'm aware. I don't know, man. It would have to be some crazy shit for you to run that over Animar for a morphs deck. Because even if you do Animar morphs and you you could just not run Eldrazi. Like you could just run it normally. And then all of a sudden all your shit morphs for free and you're killing people with Animar, right? Like it, it would have to be something nuts. I don't know. I'm really curious to see what they do. I am too. I'm also curious to see how strongly they stick to these themes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because last year the themes were not well stuck to. Yeah, which is, I think, okay, personally. Because um, it allows them to put cooler shit in there that may not be super pigeonholed into that one thing. But They put hardly any shit in there for the commanders. I said it allows them to. <laughs> Not that they did, okay? So, anyway, next question. What do you think about the state of the format right now? If you had asked me this before the introduction of Rule Zero, I would have said that there's an unhealthy balance between people who want to play more competitive, more tuned or competitively and the people who want to play casually. Interesting. Since the introduction of Rule Zero, what was that, like four months ago? I don't know. I'm not going to know time time periods like that. I'm terrible at that. Since the introduction of Rule Zero and the encouragement for playgroups to talk before they just sit down, I have seen a significant decrease in people who come to the store to pub stomp. 100%. 
So for anybody not aware, what is rule zero? Rule zero is whenever you sit down at the commander table, have a conversation with your playgroup about the expectations for that game. Right. So, uh, and we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. That you always have to talk to the other people you're playing with. It's a social game. You got to ask them what they're playing. Yeah. That should be the first fucking question other than, hey, you guys want to play a game of commander? And they're like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. What are we playing? Yeah. Like, you know, it's that easy. That's all it takes. And that reduces salt production like exponentially. Oh, yeah. Um, it makes it more fun, more fair, and it's just a better format and in general. Like we've said before, we both enjoy playing at every level of yeah. Commander. I have jank. I have tuned. Yeah. I have competitive. 100%, man. You know, I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven decks, something like that. And I'm always working on more and that kind of stuff. And I build them at every every fucking power level that I can. And I can't afford the like super crazy shit to go up into really, really, you know, as tuned as possible competitive EDH. But, you know, I I can build some pretty nasty decks with what I got. Yep. And But I don't always play those. You know, I'm not always playing Rashmi or Animar or something like yep. that. I'll go and play, you know, a, a more relaxed Moldrotha deck or... Uh, play Kess uh, for a long time. My Kess deck just didn't really have a win con. It was just like trying to do some crazy shit with Bolas's Citadel, which is a fair and balanced magic. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just like you're just playing a game, you know, having fun. I think the state of the format now is a lot better than it was when I started. Yes. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. And like my last play group would have benefited greatly from rule zero. Yeah. Because we, I was sitting down with a, you know, I, I had been on hi- hiatus for a few years and I was sitting down with an untuned, uh, Tibber and Lumia deck. Yeah. And I was going up against Fro- Prosh Food Chain. Yeah. Because there were no conversations about power level. Yeah. Nobody talked about it. You know, I mean, nobody even for, it was really like, yeah, about four months ago, I guess. Yeah. That people really started talking about that kind of stuff. Um, cause I can still remember, you know, when I first started playing, sitting down at a table and not having any idea if I have a chance or not. Yeah. Just like it gets to turn four or turn five. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm dead next turn, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just, it can be, you know, brutal, man. Um, but and now la- that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Last summer I built a theme deck, a Fox deck. Yeah. It was super low power level, maybe yeah. a four. But I love foxes. Yeah. And I wanted to build a fox deck. And I sat down and I have a reputation because I build powerful decks. And I sat down and I tried to say, hey, this is a theme deck. It's low power on purpose because I like foxes. Right. And people killed me first because... Because nobody was doing it at that point. Nobody was doing the conversation at that point. And... You know, people who play with me know I never lie in a game. Yeah. Um, now, I, I will make fairy deals out the <laughs> yeah, ass. Yeah. You have to pay very close attention to the exact words I say. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm very much the same way. <laughs> um, but I don't lie in games. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, one of my favorite things is I cannot currently win. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I can't currently win the game. 
my next turn, pff, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah. But currently, <laughs> I can't win the game. But yeah, it's it's definitely, and we've, our entire playgroup has had big discussions about this and be like, hey, yep. we all really need to begin doing this and talking to each other. He actually started talking about talking about power level before rule zero. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's really, really healthy for, uh, you know, the game that you play and the meta that you're in and that kind of stuff for everybody to be open and honest with each other and talk about what they're playing, the power level that they're at and um, their expectations for the game and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. All right. So (laughs) let's go on to a format breaking thing. Okay. Air quotes. Planeswalkers as commanders. Thoughts. Again, this this is something that has changed very recently. So before yeah. the introduction of very very recently, before the the zeitgeist that is <laughs> Oathbreaker, yeah. um, I would have said, yeah, please. I it wasn't even necessarily Oathbreaker for me. It was War of the Spark being printed that has kind of like shifted my perception of it a little bit. Where also before that, I've been like, yeah, it seems fine, it seems good. But with War of the Spark being printed and some of the walkers in there. <laughs> Narset. Narset being one of them. Narset being kind of the problem one. Yeah. Um, followed by probably Teferi and Karn. Yeah. It was no problem. But now, <laughs> now it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want that to be in your command zone. Because Narset is just Leovold. Yeah. And Leovold's banned. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it just doesn't seem... In my opinion, 99% of the walkers that exist would be fine as a commander. They would be fine. It might slow the game down a little bit. I don't care. I'm very much so a minority in this, but I prefer longer games. Legitimately. I don't even think you're like that. Mm, depends on the game. I do. I prefer a long game. I'll take a fucking five-hour game. I like long games in which I get to interact regularly. Same. That's what I'm talking about. Like a long game where, you know, people are counterspelling shit and you're having fights over the stack and removal. and That's fun. I think that's fun as shit. Those are my preferred games. <laughs> we had one like that on Tuesday. We did, yeah. That game took forever. Not five hours. It was like an hour and a half, two hours, I think. It was, it was two hours. It was running up on three, I think. No. No. Because I left at like midnight. And we started at like 10.15. Yeah, you left and the game kept going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I died. Um, you scooped. And that means I died. Um, but yeah, I had to go home because I had work in the morning. But yeah, that game was very long and very fun. That was one of the better games that we had that night. But yeah, it was... I really prefer longer games, and I don't think Planeswalkers as commanders would be a problem. Mm-mm. And in our playgroup, we've actually talked about this before, before War of the Spark was even printed. Yeah. And before Oathbreaker took the yeah, commander before, world by storm. Before any of us knew that Oathbreaker existed, you know? And at that point, we basically had a couple of Planeswalkers that we were like, maybe these are a problem. Yeah. Maybe not, but maybe they are. Um, one of those being Bant Tamio. Yeah, Bant Tamio is a problem. Yeah, Bant Tamio would be a problem because that's just she's so mm-hmm. easy to get to ult. Yep. <laughs> and having her in your command zone and you can just win the fucking game with her. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then we had a couple other ones. Uh, I believe Tezzeret. 
Which Tesseract? Tesseract the Seeker, I think. Yeah, Tesseract the Seeker would be Whichever a problem. Whichever one tutors the a zone. fucking artifact. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a problem. But other than that, not really like too much seemed like that much of a problem. There were definitely some powerful ones. But there were a couple that were like, okay, maybe we shouldn't. You yeah. Know, that seems pretty bad. So I guess our opinion on this is a little weird. Yeah. Because, I, again, I think most Planeswalkers are fine, but there are a couple of them that definitely are not. See, the way I see it is they should be legalist commanders because they are the face of wizards. Yeah. And they are people, they are persons. They are. Who could command an army. They are. Um, they are the literal characters of the story yeah. that Wizards is writing. And the Wizards, you know, has officially even said that Planeswalkers literally are the face of the game. Yeah. They're the faces of Arena, for example. All the people that you can choose to be, guess what? They're Planeswalkers. Like, they're trying to push that and push them into the story and, you know, use them as uh, storytelling devices and that kind of stuff. So it makes sense if you want to play Commander... You should be able to have your favorite character as your commander. Yeah. Even if they're just a planeswalker. Yeah. So kind of the way that I see it is they should be, but I don't care enough to push for it. Yeah. I don't, I, despite everything that we've said this far, neither of us feel that strongly about this. I don't feel like I'm being limited substantially just because I can't have a walker as my commander. I don't see or hear very many other people that seem to feel that way. Yeah. I think it would be cool, but other than that, I don't really care. And if it's something that could complicate the band list or break a format, so like, for example, Narset yeah. and Bant's Tamio yeah. and Karn and Teferi and all yeah. this other shit, then I, you may as well just leave them as no. Like, it, I don't really think it's hurting anything as it currently is. So, that's kind of my... That's... And I'm kind of in the same place. Like, I'm I'm pretty heavily Vorthos, so I would like to see them as, yeah. uh, as available as commanders. But, I mean, if I really wanted to play Chandra, there is a Flip Chandra. Yeah. If I really wanted to play Jace, there's, there's a, a Flip, flip Jace. Jace. Yeah, you can play Flip Walkers. There are some walkers that literally can be your commander. Yeah. I mean, all of the previous year's Commander products, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Walkers. And you can obviously go get, like, fucking old Teferi and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah. We're kind of, like, in the middle. We don't really care. It could be cool. Could fuck things up. <laughs> I'm not so much in the middle as I think they should be, but I'm apathetic. Yeah, fair. I'm more like that, too, I guess. Where it's like, yes, but I don't really care. Yep. All right. So, next question. What do we think... About the London Mulligan. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because you're a fucking... <laughs> oh, you're I'm dirty, so happy. Dirty Paris Mulligan. <laughs> Mulliganer. I missed the Partial Paris so much. Yeah, no. I didn't play during the Partial Paris. I didn't really know what it was. And then Akia told me, and I was like, wow, thank God <laughs> we don't do that shit anymore. I... What's wrong with sculpting your hand? <laughs> Hmm. How do you win turn one in Tashar? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You can win turn one in Tashar. 
That's what I have a problem. That's why I have a problem with sculpting your hand. It's just, no, it's just way too powerful. Uh, talking about the partial Paris. I don't think the London Mulligan is anywhere near as powerful. No, it's, it's the not partial anywhere near as powerful. Um, it's definitely more powerful than the Vancouver yeah, Mulligan. Like we said, there's one commander that just straight up benefits. Yeah. It's, you definitely have the ability, let's say that you're running a two card combo, right? You are more likely to get that two card combo in your hand. Yeah. With the London Mulligan. Yeah. If I built, if I rebuilt my very first magic deck, yeah. Niv Mizzet, the right. Firemind, I could mulligan aggressively. Until you hit and, curiosity. Yeah. And um, safely. Yeah. 100%. You can, it's okay for you to mulligan super aggressively for things like that. Now, that being said, have I seen anybody do that since we've been using the London Mulligan? You have seen me do it with Grenzo. I've seen you do it with Grenzo. That's to get a turn one Grenzo. Which is the meme of the deck. You also did that when the Vancouver Mulligan was still a thing. Yeah. So, no change. (laughs) (laughs) Do you more consistently get a turn one Grenzo? No. Because you just get turn one Grenzo all the time anyway. Pretty much. So, it's fine. Um... But yeah, it just, I don't know. It's definitely more powerful than the Vancouver Mulligan. Was the Vancouver Mulligan underpowered or bad? Yes. Yeah, I guess. There were way too many non-games. Yeah. The fact that you couldn't see that last card until you chose to keep. Yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. Because if you could scry before you and chose then, to keep. And then keep, choose, I think it'd be fine. That would be fine. But the fact that you had to choose to keep before you scryed made it almost unplayable. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the To the point where in our playgroup, unless we were playing competitive... We were like, dude, just take another seven. Yeah, just take another seven, just take another seven, just yeah, take another fine. seven. If you mulligan like a, a lot, we'd be like, yo, all right, stop. <laughs> you yeah. have to actually Or mulligan. like, show me your hand. Yeah. Like a- after the first three, I'd be like, okay, I need to see your hand before yeah. you throw it back. Yeah. Because if you're fucking sitting there with like two lands and a soul ring and then some other shit... And you're like, oh, no, I have to mulligan. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, just keep the fucking hand, dude. But yeah, I I like the London mulligan. Um, I also definitely understand why it was introduced. Yes. It's going to be a whole lot better watching magic events and things oh, with yeah. the London mulligan. Like uh, LSV's game at the end of last year where yeah. he lost because he had to multiply. Yeah. Like losing, especially at that level, like playing in a, yeah. in a, a pro tour or GP or something like that. And losing just because you have shit luck on the draw. Yeah. And you had to mulligan down to five. It's like, that blows. Nobody wants to watch that. In the like, final. Yeah, I know. In the last game like of the final. It's just nobody, no one benefits from that. No. Like, so I, I, I think it's a good thing. I absolutely think it's a good thing. I think it's one of the better things that's happened to our format. I... You've also, just to give you some context, Mm -hmm. again, remember that I took a hiatus until summer of 2017. Right. 2018. Summer of 2018. No, summer of 2017. No, 2017. Yeah, summer of 2017. Um, And before that, I had stopped playing with the Partial Paris Mulligan. So I have gone through two years of agony. Yeah. Playing with a vastly inferior mulligan. Yeah. 
And now I'm back to relatively happy. Yeah. I think the London Mole is fine. Um, it's more powerful than the Vancouver Mulligan, but uh, the Vancouver Mulligan was pretty trash, so I think it's fine. All right, next question. Should we have sideboards in Commander? Sideboards? No. Wishboards? Yes. I agree. Um, I think not having a sideboard is very important. I think having a wishboard is fine. So there are arguments for and against both. I think not having a sideboard forces you to look a little closer at the meta that you play in. Yes, absolutely. And you may tech in, you know, uh, a Graft Digger's Cage or uh, certain special things like a fucking Spine of Ish Saw, for yeah. example, or Scour from Existence. Yeah. If you have a lot of players that are um, playing things that may hate on colors. And Iona just got banned. Yeah. So thank God for but that. But there's still the black enchantments that make lands only produce black. Right. Why didn't you ban those with Iona? Because those also turn off monocolored decks. Yeah, 100%. Or um, uh, what's the other one that basically takes all the lands and rotates them uh, to the next Oh, color. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the fuck that's called. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> It's the same kind of shit where, like, you just may not be able to play that, right? So you got to have removal for that kind of stuff. You may need a little bit of extra graveyard hate. It you, it makes you tech for the meta that you're in as opposed to just keeping some silver bullets in the sideboard and then sideboarding between games and yeah. that kind of stuff. And, like, the wishboard, people have argued that, oh, that lets you tech in stuff for games but which is true not really because there's only a couple of wish cards it's kind of true you would have to tutor for a wish card and then wish and then get your tech piece yeah or draw the wish card or whatever it's like drawing the the other thing but yeah i don't know i think it's fine I, i also don't generally think that many people maybe in competitive um edh people would use it for they would, they would, yeah, they would use it for win cons, that kind of stuff. But in more casual things, it would probably just be used for cool shit, uh, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, things like, you know, sponsor of Ulamog and that kind of shit, well, which is really cool. And also when the rules on wishboards were much less clear and people did it anyway, yeah. you rarely saw it in casual. Yeah. I like, I played whenever that it was fine to have a wishboard. Like, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. Yeah. And. Well, unclear. It was unclear. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, pe- people had wishboards. Yeah. And they would, like, make sure it was okay. But, like, hey, is it cool if I have a wishboard? And we'd be like, yeah, sure, it's fine. And nobody ever did anything fucking that I was like, man, wishboards should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's. I think they're fine. Sideboards, no, though. Like... Sideboards, no. I think it's just against, like. I don't want to say it's against the idea of the format, but it kind of is. It kind of is. It's like you got a hundred cards, and I know it can be hard to cut down to a hundred cards, but like you gotta do it. Yeah. So just build a fucking hundred card deck, have a couple of pieces of tech in there that aren't gonna hose you, and just play the game. Play for your meta and that kind of stuff. I think sideboards are totally fine not being in our format. Wishboards, I think, could be in the format and it'd be okay. Cause again, you also with a wishboard, you have to run wish cards. <laughs> yep. So it is taking up a slot in your deck. Uh, All right, next. Hybrid mana in other color identity decks. Okay, so so this one I have an opinion on. Right, so and just fully explain to everybody that may not know, 
Hybrid mana is a mana that you can pay a mana of any of two specific kinds. So, for example, something might be uh, two generic and then a hybrid Simic mana. So you could pay two in a green or two in a blue. Yes. The question is, should I be able to run that hypothetical card of two and a hybrid Simic in a mono green deck that does not have blue? My short answer is... (laughs) That was a very short answer. (laughs) There's a single syllable. Yeah, my short answer is E. My my short answer is no. Okay. My long answer... Yes. <laughs> your long answer is yes. <laughs> is yes, actually, kind of. Yeah, I know. So my short answer is no. My long answer is yes. So the long answer is that hybrid mana in the way that it was designed is meant to be played with either color and therefore as designed should be allowed to be slotted in decks of either color right i'm very big on design i might go out for the next great designer search just to do it i'm not moving to seattle but no uh it would be a fun exercise it would be be Um, really cool but on the other hand Color identity is a thing, and giving... Kind of the point of Commander. Giving colors... Giving, like, red access to a draw spell would be good for the format. Giving mono blue access to any of the things that it has hybrid... Yeah. Uh, no. You give mono a mono blue deck access to green blue hybrid mana, or black blue hybrid yeah. mana... Um, or Beseech the Queen. Or Beseech the Queen. Although I would like to see Reaper King played in a colorless deck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway. Um, giving them stuff like that. Giving a mono-white deck privileged position. Yeah. Oh, you God. Know, yeah, Ooh. right? <laughs> that would Tishar. be... That would be... <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Um, you know, giving a, uh, on the other hand to Shar. So yes, my <laughs> short run answer. That? Would had... you run that? Yeah, to Char? I would. It's like five mana for an enchantment. And? Okay. Um. That keeps everything I control yeah. from being targeted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just run fucking. Sh- oh, you can't run Shalai. Um, <laughs> sorry. Forgot she had green. <laughs> yeah. Because people always use Shalai for her activated ability. Um. <laughs> But yeah, or like giving fucking mono blue Dovescape. Giving my Mizzix deck <laughs> yeah. Dovescape. Yeah. It's like you just don't want that to exist no. ever, you know? No. Or mono white Dovescape. Or mono white Dovescape. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a fucking mono white, like, um, like white weenie deck. Giving them Dovescape, yeah. where they're just making fucking one ones and shit, and then Dovescape means you can't counter any of their stuff or use Wrath of God or anything. Yeah, yeah, brutal. Or um, or freaking mono green uh, Omnath mm-hmm. getting Worm Harvest. <laughs> oh man, that would be garbage. Yeah, uh, it's obviously there are pros and cons. Yeah, right. Mono red does need more card draw. Yeah. And it's getting better with impulsive draw. Yeah, that's true. But there are 
are too many cards that would just be ridiculous, like immediate auto includes. Yeah. In certain colors and decks and things that I, it just seems like a no. This is another one of the things where it's like, I'm not, I don't have a super strong opinion on this. I don't care very much either way. I've never really heard people complain playing a mono red deck that they can't run this card. I don't have a lot of experience. I have a year and a half or whatever, but. I mean, this is, speaking from experience, this is a conversation that comes up every so often. Why can't we use hybrid mana? Hybrid mana, because hybrid mana was designed to be used this way. And I agree with that argument, but. There are some things that a color shouldn't really do. And another thing is part of Commander is Commander is the only uh, format that exists that uses color identity. Exactly. That's the whole point of Commander. So being like, yeah, everything, this is color identity, this is color identity, but this isn't. Now, I did want to address one thing from the Command Zone episode on this specifically. Mm. The example that they gave of a hybrid card with uh, each color in an activated cost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, they're like, why can't I run this in mono black? Well, because it has a fucking green mana symbol in its rules text. Yeah. Like, actually green. <laughs> right. And they were saying that would be confusing, and no, it no. wouldn't. It has green and black. Yeah. Separately. That That's two colors. But yeah, something like Privileged Position is a real good one. Exactly. Where there's no rules text that has anything like that. There's nothing crazy. It's just the mana cost is hybrid. I don't think it would be confusing. I don't necessarily think it would be healthy for the format. No. But it was the way they were designed. And so because of that reason, yes. Because it's unhealthy for the format, no. Just The other thing that gets me is uh, Beseech the Queen. Yeah. Being a colorless spell at that point. Beseech the Queen isn't fucking colorless, you know? Everything having access to Beseech the Queen is a little weird. I mean, it's still a six mana tutor. Yeah, I know. But does green need a six mana tutor that lets him go get anything? (laughs) It's not hard for a mono green deck to get up to six. Fair. You know, like... And my Jaya deck would benefit also worth <laughs> Also worth noting that Beseech the Queen in Mizzix is free. Fair. <laughs> so. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how that would work. Okay, yeah. I am now 100% on board with yes. <laughs> hmm, a free <laughs> black tutor to hand. Hmm. Fair. Yeah. There's just, there are problems that exist with it, and I don't know. I, don't I, I now no longer see any of them, so <laughs> my um, my official stance and the official stance of the podcast now... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Is, sure. Is hybrid should be allowed in the monocolors. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the other official <laughs> side of the podcast, and I disagree. All right. So, next question. This mm-hmm. is going to be a fun one. Bans and unbans. What do we think should be banned or unbanned? Okay. A lot. Zero bans. <laughs> and some specific things that should stay banned. Yes. Is where I am. 
Okay. So I will go through the list here and pick the ones that I think should stay banned. And then you can do the same thing. And everything else, everything everything that you don't name. Everything that I don't name, I think should be unbanned from the banned list. C. I think Biorhythm should remain banned. Agreed. Uh, Which apparently everyone else disagrees with us. I think that's weird. I think Black Lotus should probably remain banned. Uh, That's interesting. For price reasons, not for power reasons. I don't think cards should be banned because of price. Mm. You are free to disagree with me with that, as you know. But I don't think cards should be banned because of price. I think cards should be banned because they're I don't format warping. I don't think that cards should be banned because of price if that price is under, let's say, five grand. But that's that's totally subjective. Like everybody has a different. Like I, we just talked about it at the beginning of me getting into Commander. I thought ten dollars was a lot for a card. You know, I think we, we have everyone, totally different. I think everyone thinks five grand is too much for a card. Uh, mm, not the people who make money off of it. Okay, the players. So I'm sorry. Why don't you want to play Canadian Highlander with me? Because there's, there's a person that you always bring up. Yeah. Hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't think he would say that that's an he appropriate would, price for a card. I, I agree, but I don't think that he would share the view that things could be banned because they're that expensive. Mm. Right? That's fair. Everybody's got different views on that. Okay, so let's just go on power level then. Uh, so Bla- Black Lotus, I would not keep no. banned. So Biorhythm, so far. Um, Which is interesting, because Biorhythm doesn't look like a like brokenly powerful card so we have something to say about this when we get to the question what would we change about the format too yeah rules Um, changes and stuff so we'll go over some of these other cards at that point uh let's see what should stay arios or tommy ascendant should probably stay banned agreed um chaos orb and falling star should stay banned i agree i don't like dexterity cards in any format um, I don't. I also don't like anti-cards, that kind of stuff. I think those are fine staying banned. Iona, I think, should stay banned. I agree. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> prime, yeah. prime time and profit should stay banned. Disagree. Um, prime time, definitely. Profit, I could see why people would want it unbanned, but I still think it should stay banned. Mm-hmm. Um, time Vault should stay banned. 100% agree. That it? You okay with Yawgmoth's bargain? Mm-hmm. Figured you would be. So, I actually agree with basically everything you just said. I don't think I, uh, there's anything in here that I think should be um, unbanned that... Or that should stay banned that you didn't touch on. Uh, I think that, uh, other than the one that I said, I don't think that uh, Primetime or Prophet of Crufix should stay banned. You didn't play with Primetime. I agree. But, I and I understand 100% why it is banned. All of the cards on here, I understand why they're banned. Um, There's some I don't understand why they're banned. That's fair. That's true. There are some cards on here I don't know why they're banned. But I don't see Primetime or Profit being brokenly overpowered. I don't see them as format warping bannable cards. Primetime is brokenly overpowered. I can see Profit. But primetime, okay. okay. So primetime in a fast mana deck. Great, yeah. Okay. 
say you're able to get prime time turn four. Cool. Okay. That takes you from four to six. Yeah. On that turn. If he lives a turn or if you can get him haste, that takes you six to eight. Okay. On turn four. I understand that, I guess. He's easy to tutor for in green. It's he's there. Prime time is how is it different than an artifact deck ramping? Other than the fact that it's lands, and that's only a problem because people don't play land destruction. Right, and I don't. I would love a prime time deck because they're pulling out their uh, backups against me blowing up all their lands. Right, um, but from a strict straight power level. Okay, yeah, 100%. I think Primetime is one of the most powerful cards on the band list. Yeah. Other than, I guess, Time Vault. Time Vault. Time Vault's probably one of the yeah. And, I mean, Black Lotus is pretty busted. Black but... Lotus is powerful, but not in, a fu- not in Commander. Yeah. Um, Like, it's the same thing as LED in Commander, effectively. Yeah. It would be used the same way. Yeah. And the downside of LED, nobody notices. Yeah, nobody gives a shit, because that's not what they use it for. You don't use LED to ramp out shit in your hand. You use it to make infinite mana. Um, which is the same thing that Lion's Eye Diamond, or, uh, Black Lotus would be used for. But, yeah, uh, there's one card that I believe should, uh, stay banned that you didn't say, which mm-hmm. is Rafelos. I think we're gonna cover that here in a minute. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. So, that, that's pretty much where we are on bans and unbans yeah. as the rules stand now. Right. The rest of the cards, I think they're fine. I think if you own fucking Moxon and you want to run them in your deck, sure. That's okay, in, yeah. my, in my opinion. Like, I, I think if you have a Sundering Titan, okay, cool. You can play Sundering Titan. Yeah, I have no problem I don't, with Sundering Titan. I don't Titan. think that's a problem, right? Obviously, there are cards that are very, very powerful, specifically in Commander. One of the ones that is banned is Limited Resources, mm-hmm. which is a very powerful card in Commander. But, like, it's not bannable, you know? So, yeah. There are a lot of cards that could definitely come off the band list. Cards that I want to see put on the band list? Nothing? There um, is one category of cards that I think should be put on the band list for the same reason Iona is on the band list. Um, oh, the category of cards I'm talking about are the ones that force lands to produce a color other than what they normally produce yeah so i and iona is kind of the same thing yes it's in the same kind of category so the card i'm most thinking about is contamination which is two and a black for an enchantment uh it says during your upkeep sacrifice a creature or sacrifice contamination whenever a land is tapped for mana it produces black instead of its normal type and amount and that's a three mana Iona. Yeah. In black. Yeah. With a downside, massive air quotes. You get to sacrifice a creature in black. Yeah, that's not a downside. There's another one, uh, Naked Singularity is a five mana artifact that basically just takes all the colors of mana and switches them. Yep. Um, so, like, uh, planes make red and uh, mountains make blue and all that kind of shit. And it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, now, also, all this being said, if I were going to ban a card, I would ban, and you disagree with me on this, I would ban Cyclonic Rift. No. 
No, I, I don't see Cyclonic Rift as that much of a problem. Told you. <laughs> um, yeah, I would ban Cyclonic Rift. And there are a lot of people that like hate on board wipes a lot and say people shouldn't play board wipes and shit. I know, people say that all the time. And I think that's dumb as shit. But yeah, Cyclonic Rift is one of the board wipes that you just can't get around it. Like, obviously there are ways to get around it. You can counterspell it. But that's true for everything. It. You can... Teferi's Protection. Tef's Protection. That's you true can for everything. Eerie Interlude. Okay, that saves your creatures. Yeah. Not your enchantments and your artifacts and your planeswalkers. Um, so, it's like... It's just... I don't know, man. Like, you can give your shit indestructible, or it can naturally have indestructible. I think that's the thing that gets me, is that things are naturally printed with indestructible sometimes. There is no ability that comes on a creature that gets around uh, Cyclonic Rift. And see, rather than you ban Cyclonic Rift... You have to use Rift, another card. Rather than ban Cyclonic Rift, I would rather see them do come up with a mechanic... Let's call it Temporal Anchor. Sure. That says this... Josh Lee Kwai has talked about yeah, this. Yeah. And I agree with him. Yeah. This card cannot be returned to your hand. To I its agree. owner's hand. I'm making a, a cube with custom cards. This is all custom cards. And that's one of the cards. Uh is uh target permanent you can it's an instant. Target permanent you control cannot be uh I believe returned to your hand until end of turn. Something like that. Um and I think that something like that would make Cyclonic Rift completely okay. Yeah. Like a hundred percent okay. But the fact that there is currently like Teferi's Protection, Eerie Interlude, or a Counterspell. And Eerie Interlude only saves your creatures. <laughs> like, it doesn't save everything else. Um, and let's say that somebody's using Cyclonic Rift to swing in for lethal. Eerie Interlude still doesn't save you from that, right? Right. Like, there is nothing in the game that stops Cyclonic Rift from working but i'm of the mindset that a seven mana spell should be able to fucking win you the game i agree but it's also an instant so that it's just so insanely powerful now also i want to say this this is if i were to ban a card I don't think so. I'm not, I don't, I'm not like for Cyclonic Rift being banned. Oh, I am for Contamination being banned. I'm also not for Contamination being banned. Um, but this is, if I were to ban a card, I would ban Cyclonic Rift. Now, I also, I can see why you would want Contamination banned. It's the same reason Iona is banned. And also, I want to say that we're okay with Iona being banned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because she is just another one of those things that, you can't really get around. No. Unless you're playing something like Spine of Saw or Scour from Existence or something like that. And a lot of people don't play those cards. Iona is the kind of card that if it hits the table, then one player is just going to sit there for the next 30, 45 minutes. Yep. Or they can scoop. Yep. Like, and it, it it's not like I play this and I win the game. It's, I play this, and you don't get to have fun anymore. Yep. But the rest of us do. But it's just you. Just you playing the mono green deck. Or the mono red deck. You know? Only you can't do anything. And contamination, I would argue, is worse because it's cheaper. It has an upside for black. 
and it doesn't just turn off the monocolored decks, it turns off every deck that doesn't run black. So, the, what, one of the reasons I'm more for Iona being banned than Contamination is because Contamination is more, in my opinion, closer to a lock to win the game. None of you can do anything now. I'm going to continue doing this kind of shit. So if I stuck it, for example, in a Moldrotha Stacks shell, that's like one of the ways I can win the game is hitting a Contamination, right? Stopping any of you from casting any of your colored stuff. I can keep building my board state. I get to sack and recur creatures and I can win the game through that. But that's a lock piece that it locks on its own. And there's no way to get around it unless you're running something like Scour. True. That's fair. And that I'm generally not, I'm not for that. Stasis, you have to jump through hoops to keep stasis around. That's true. You have to have at least one other card yeah. to keep most big stacks locks around. Which yeah, pretty gives, much everything's two cards. Yeah, which gives people time to play. Also, Contamination wouldn't... Man, I should stick that in Mulder of Fuck you. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I should. Because it also allows you to sacrifice itself. Yes. You can choose. So I could sack it, play all my colored stuff, and then replay it. Yep. Jesus. Thusly, why contamination should be banned if we're going to keep the ban list consistent. Yeah. So that's what we think about bans and unbans. Kind of. Let's get into the next one. And this is the final one. Which is, what are some rules changes or changes we would make to the format? So, I think our biggest one, and we've talked about this a lot between us, is... We should bring back Band as Commander. And I actually have a very specific argument that I've actually never heard anyone else make on this subject. And it's that Band as Commander would be a restricted list for Commander. Oh, that's true. That's what it was. So all of this confusion over, well, Band as Commander is... Confusing. Confusing. No, just call it Restricted. And restricted means yeah, it these can't are, be... These are restricted. It can't yeah. be your commander. Restricted. Can't be your commander. It's done. It's, done. it's not that hard. Yeah. And um, so every legendary on the band list, I think, should stay restricted. Yeah. Not banned. Yeah. But restricted. That's what we were talking like with uh, Rafelos. Yeah. I was like, I think Rafelos should totally stay banned. In my head, that's because I don't want Rafelos to be somebody's commander because he's nuts as somebody's commander. Yeah. Same thing, like, a lot of the cards, the legendary creatures that are banned, are banned because they don't want them to be your commander. Yep. So, something like Rafelos, Black Braids, uh, Grizzlebrand, things like that, uh, Emrakul Aeon's Torn, things that... The only one that I think maybe should stay banned-banned is Ereo. Mm, eh, maybe. Just permanent counter the first spell yeah i know it's mm. there's a jace ult that does that it's a jace ult yeah this is a two I fucking mana play, i play double fish ult jace okay that's that's less sp- cards than it takes to do rao mm. it is mm. half as many actually <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so rao by the way is i think two mana yeah two mana and he says whenever the fourth spell of a turn is cast you flip him over he's one of the old flip cards uh, that looks super sick. And then his other side is an enchantment that says counter the first spell your opponents play each turn. I could maybe, okay, I could maybe see that in the 99. 
being that's fine, right? Because you're gonna have yeah. to tutor for it, and you're gonna have to yeah. play it. Yeah, okay. people could just not play four fucking spells, right? Well, it's it's it's, it's, not... ban- it's banned because you can play four spells and flip it. It's no, that's not why it's it's when any player plays the fourth spell of a turn. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if I do something and you do something and I do something, don't play anything else. And then, but that's what I'm saying is that you can play four spells in a turn and flip him. Which is why he's nuts, because you can just cantrip a couple yeah. of times and then you'll flip him. But you still have to tutor for him and you have to go get him. He has to resolve, like, uh, once he's countered, you're going to have to recur him or something like yeah. that. So, in the 99, I think he's fine. I think he's similar to, he's basically just another stacks piece. Um, fair, fair. In the 99. So, he and Arcane Laboratory, that's a two-card lock. But there are tons of two-card locks, right? Um, the lock isn't what makes me not want him i it, how easy it is to flip him is what yeah. makes me iffy about him even in the 99 right and i totally understand that whenever i was first going to build a stacks deck that's one of the cards that i was going to put in the deck because like that seems pretty good and then they were like hey that you uh i talked to somebody about it i was like what about this card and they're like oh it's banned can't play that card same thing with braids. <laughs> yeah. And braids, like... Braids is fucking fine. Braids is fine in the 99. In the command zone, no. Oh, in the command zone, she's nuts. In the command zone, she shouldn't be legal. No. In the 99, braids is fucking fine. And that's what we're saying. This is a restricted list, just like Vintage. Yeah. For Commander. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's not that confusing. Like, it's no more confusing than the current band list. Like, <laughs> it's really not. And, you know, if you want to take out the big number of words, band as commander. Yeah. I can understand that. You want it to be more concise. You yeah. want the band list to be more concise. Just call it restricted. Call it restricted. Done. Yeah. Like, it's really not that hard. And someone asks, oh, what does restricted mean in a singleton format? Well, it means it can't be your commander. Yeah. That's, it's super simple. All right, so we've been through all of the questions. We've gave our opinions. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about while we're here? Anything about Commander? Maybe even just things you're excited about? I am excited for the new set. Yes, I am also excited for the new set. This is like so much so my aesthetic, dude. I love this shit so much. Oh my god. Fairy Tales and Camelot? Yeah. And it's Grimm's fairy tales too. Oh, I can't wait. Um, and knowing magic, it'll be like the darker versions yeah, yeah, of the Grimm's yeah. fairy tales. Have you seen some of the art that they've? Oh really? yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait, dude. This is gonna be so fucking cool. It's I. I can't wait to see what's in here. Uh, also, that uh, the new commander that's gonna be in the brawl thing. Yeah. He looks super sick. He he looks gross. Yeah. Cast a creature, draw a card. Ugh. That's pretty good. In the command zone. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And in Bant, like a Bant Flash. Ugh. Do you like Bant Flash with him? Fucking stick a Lurin in that deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. A Lurin's a good card. Saw a dude playing Canadian Highlander with it. Guys, nobody plays Canadian Highlander with me. It's too expensive. It doesn't have to be. You know why. We don't have to play with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's our thoughts on the Commander Summit. If you guys have any thoughts that you want to, you know, throw at us, then we got a Twitter. 
Yeah. Um, you can email us, uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. And those links will be in the show notes below. Yeah. We love to hear from you guys and that kind of stuff. Um, well, make sure you <sighs> vote for Fast Bond. Uh, no, vote for the one that might actually be on Band Worldfire. Look, Fast Bond is totally fine. No, it's not. Look, unban Fast Bond. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> you could leave the rest of the cards banned. Honestly, if we're talking about fast mana in green that you would want to unban, I think channel is fine. I think channel's fine. It's one card in your 99 that you can't tutor for in green. So is fast bond. You can't even tutor for fast bond. It's an enchantment. You can't. <laughs> you can't even tutor for it in Simic. Fast bond. You can create... tutor for channel in Simic. Fast bond creates permanent mana. Yes. Channel does not. But you can tutor for it. Fast bond creates colored mana. <laughs> Channel does not. Fast bond also gains you infinite life and gets you infinite landfall triggers and a bunch of other stuff. Draws you infinite cards. I'm aware. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying that fast bond, Zurin world, <laughs> and and crucible of worlds. <coughs> Jesus Christ. <dude. laughs> Is a three-card combo. Uh-huh. Three cards, five mana, one of which is colored. Uh-huh. That's hard. And one of those pieces costs how much mana? Zero. Uh-huh, yeah. And the other one costs three. Uh-huh. And two. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and you can ramp into it, uh-huh. turn two. But what I'm saying is, it's fine. <laughs> Channel is fine. I just want to be able to play Strip Mine forever. Fast. Fuck. <laughs> you and on that note being a terrible influence on your playgroup we're gonna end we hope you had a lovely time with us this month yeah and uh may you draw lands and spells fuck you (laughs) 